0: Of all time well, that was a clip from Exploration, directed by Ryan Thompson, and Ryan joins us today. Ryan, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay, so how did that Exploration film come about? Um, visually, it is absolutely stunning. I don't think I've seen an independent
1: short film look quite as good as that. Um, it was a shot in the dark when I first tried, but I'm really um, glad with how it turned out. So I heard about a competition called Cinespace, and... I usually go on competition websites every few months and just troll through and see if there's anything that catches my eye. And when I saw this, I always like competitions that are quite broad stroke in terms of criteria that the filmmaker needs to adhere to. So basically with this one, it said that 10% or more of your final project had to be footage from NASA's archives. And I've always liked space related themes like in Interstellar where they mix real archive footage into the theatrical footage, and it just has a really nice vibe and tone to it that reminds people that this is true. So with this competition, um, I had several months. One of the good things about this competition is that it allows about five months for the filmmakers to come up with ideas and film and execute everything. So at that point in time, I was I just bought a new camera and I just thought, right, let's just start filming these really nice shots of um, the sky and of people. I wanted it to feel like a sort of compilation that would sort of play at the beginning or an end of a documentary where it feels like in a mass of things as a summation of of humanity and, and space and exploration. So. That mixed with the archive footage, I think, helped with a tone that wasn't narrative, but it it helps give a sense of what the film was about. And unfortunately, last year it didn't make it to the final stage, but then this year I was able to resubmit it and it got through to the finals, which I was over the moon with, no pun intended. And then it was two weeks ago, I believe, that they had the film festival and they announced the winners and... I won the film Best Depicting Spirit of Future Exploration of Space, which was incredible. And the fact that exploration is in the title of the category as well. I know Film Riot featured it. I mean, I'm so grateful for Film Riot showing it. I didn't think when I tweeted it to Ryan Connolly that anything would happen. And I didn't know either until I watched that episode, because obviously I I watched their episodes anyway. And on that morning when I saw that episode, and obviously it's at the end when he has his um, choice of the week, And when I saw that, it was just a really weird feeling. Then I looked at the video and the views, it spiked so much. Um, And that's all thanks to them having that. And there was also this company called Lens Distortions, whose product I used in there for, they do really great lens flares and I used that all the way through expiration. And so I reached out to them and and showed it to them as well. And they loved it so much that they often showcase it as a a project that's used their products. Um, And then they also did an interview with me as well. And that definitely helped um, spike views as well. So I'm, I'm grateful to everyone that's, sort of helped get exploration out there.
0: And it was a a complete departure from your other stuff because stuff you're (laughs) more known for is horror. Like, you've won contests with Bloody Cuts with their challenge when you did um, the film Playtime, which, I know, um, got really good reception and it was received really well. And then, you know, if you just have a look on your channel, you can see there's there's obviously you're more into horror than you are with sci-fi, or did you just find doing sci-fi was more of a challenge because are you more comfortable doing horror and you like to sort of challenge yourself?
1: I am, yeah, I am definitely more comfortable with horror and it's, it. I wouldn't say guilty pleasure, but it is a guilty pleasure when making horror because it's something that I like to hark back to no matter how many times I've done some sort of element, I like to redo it in a slightly different way. And actually, um, one of my horror ones was featured on um, Film Right as well, which was excellent because that was the first time I'd, I'd been on their show. Um, But with exploration, I definitely think it's always nice to try a different genre, whether it's music videos or commercials or something like this. And not just the fact that it was, you know, science fiction or science fact, but the fact that it was a different medium and format as well with that sort of documentary style. Um, So I like how it was a variety of things I was trying that I hadn't tested before, but it's boring if you keep doing the same thing, isn't it? So even, you know, it's nice to try. And if you fail, then at least you learn something, but. Thankfully with this, it's been um, an excellent project that I'm really proud of, probably my favourite one so far. Did you watch other
0: science fiction movies to get ideas or did you just kind of um, have an idea of what you wanted to do or did you take inspiration from other movies and and if you did, what movies were they?
1: Definitely for inspiration, I would have to say Interstellar because there's beautiful shots in the cinematography and that has a really nice balance between the human aspect and the space and sci-fi and visual effects aspects. So that definitely helped. But in terms of um, the visual effects in exploration, it was mainly just looking through the archives and on, I think it's Flickr, and on NASA's Flickr page. And you see what they have um, photographed from the ISS. And so I was just trying to replicate that as best as I could, but try and put a bit of a a sort of glossy Hollywood look on top of that to make it a bit more awe-inspiring.
0: And did you have any sort of, uh, did you learn anything by making exploration that you might not have learned by making your other stuff?
1: I think with each project, you definitely learned something. Um, I mean, with this one, it was how difficult compositing can be, especially with space elements. Um, But I'd say broad stroke, it's probably the same as any project, no matter what the genre, it's still technical aspects that you learn from. So it doesn't really matter. What the film itself is, it's just if it's you know new technical aspects that you have to tackle. Are you going to learn from it and use them in in future projects, or are you going to avoid them in the future? And I think with this, it was probably beneficial in most ways. I don't think there's anything that I would avoid doing or regret doing. So, would you like
0: to do more sci-fi, or do you just want to do more film altogether as a whole?
1: I would I would say both. Um I definitely do like sci-fi and hogging back to horror before even though I do a lot of horror now. I wouldn't I can't see myself in the future being a horror director, quote unquote. Um I really like so many genres, even comedy I'd like to, you know, handle or or tackle each genre at some point so definitely sci-fi again um i think it's it's one of the um broader genres to expand within
0: what have you got coming up next and what projects have you got on the go
1: currently i'm doing a lot of freelance visual effects work so i haven't often got time to work on my own projects but i have recently been able to pick up the camera again so i've just shot a project which i'm not going to release till next halloween but at least that's Done and it was interesting because that again was a different style and that it was all one-shot point of view which I've never tried before. And I've also just started filming last week a new project which I hope to release in April, which is I would describe it as a sci-fi horror thriller that sort of harks back to the '80s and Spielberg and and has a really different tone to what I'm used to, even just in the camera work as well.
0: And a lot of your films, from what I can see, they're not really dialogue heavy. Is there a reason for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely so far visual director. And I think I do like the idea that you can tell stories without the need of dialogue. But the thing is, a lot of my favorite films are very dialogue heavy and character driven. And I would like to do stuff like that. I think in the past, the main reason is because the actors are usually just friends and family. And so one, they either can't act they can act you know physically but in terms of dialogue it's a different story and also with you know northern accents or geordie accents um it's a different thing especially when a lot of mine are set in america but definitely I, I do want to do more dialogue and and work with more actors and have character based and driven narratives instead of just visual pieces which could potentially just be like music videos or commercials instead of actual shorts do you
0: have a crew that you work with do you have different people do you have like a A director of photography do you have someone works a sound or do you just work are you like a a, a one-man band
1: yeah i mean so far i am a one-man band um i have been since i started really um it's getting stressful now especially when the equipment gets heavy and it's you know when i do go to dialogue i'm gonna have to have someone there because i can't um operate the camera and do that so i would love to have that i guess it's finding someone in newcastle um I'm sure there are people i just need to reach out but i am also a control freak and i do like that i handle every aspect so far it's just it's not feasible in the in the foreseeable future however there is one person that i enjoy working with um benjamin Squires, who composed both pulse which was the neo-noir car short that you like and expiration and he did an incredible job in both of them and expiration everyone loves the music that he composed for that and and you know i often get comments asking about the music because he's just so talented
0: what do you need for this film that you're going to be doing in la are you going to be looking to hire people over there or are you going to be looking to take people with you and and do it and um and and have you got like a production schedule plan and how long you're going to be there and have you got a producer to kind of help you with all this stuff
1: Overall, it is, I mean, I'm going to handle it the same way. I'm basically the majority of parts. However, I, I will need a sound recorder on set for the dialogue scenes, um, but I will still like to be behind camera. The only other crew member that I can think of right now that I would need would be a makeup artist for this one. So I am I have contacts of ones out there, so that would be, you know, really handy and beneficial and hopefully we can get um, a great price as well. But with this one, it's because I'm. I'm really good friends with the actress as well, it's not going to be technically a professional shoot it's it's going to be handled professionally when we start recording but it's it's going to be um a fun time so schedules and things like that aren't going to be priority it's just i work easier when it's a bit more laid back the laid
0: back approach is great and fine and i get that because it makes you know the last thing you want is um someone with a whip on a on a set but having said that if you realize your deadline is basically your flight home than having some sort of schedule in there and having just to make sure things run as smooth as possible because something running smooth as possible will be a lot better than the, the sort of my point is like if you have something planned and scheduled that allows you to have that laid back relax feel yeah, to yeah. it. yeah yeah i understand but, but if you don't have that schedule and you don't have that plan that's when the chaos can happen but you know it's it's however it's whatever works that's the, the best way to 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 sum it up and you know it sounds like it'll be an incredible shoot and i would reach out to local filmmakers who, who may be listening to this um, and say you know if you want to work on uh, a film with me you know this is what i'm looking for and I, I need a makeup artist i need a sound recorder and you know it's look up the body of work that i've got behind me and, you know, and, and I'm sure you'll get people who will be like, that sounds incredible. But I mean, hell, if you said, do you want to come? I'd be on that plane like tomorrow, <laughs> um, but I can't record sound. I'm the worst person to record sound. I'd to, I would I would forget to press record like I nearly did on this podcast.
1: And the flights have probably all, all come out of my pocket as well. So I'll have to try and keep people on a minimum.
0: And I only fly business. So I can't be, <laughs> I, I can't do economy. Um, you, have you ever thought about using Kickstarter to fund anything?
1: I have. I, mean, I I have done it before and it didn't go very well, Um, which turned out perfect anyway for, for that situation. The thing I don't like about Kickstarter is I, I'm quite quiet on social media and I like to keep my um shorts quite secret. And with Kickstarter, I don't think it's fair to do that to anyone that would, you know, potentially help finance it. You know, it, it's nice. As, you know, someone who, you know, I've helped out Kickstarters as well. Mm. It's nice for productions and films and and short films to, you know, explain the the narrative, not fully, but just um, basically from start to finish in a very rough um, sense. Mm. And I don't like the idea of doing that very much. Um, One thing
0: that really does annoy me, and I've done this myself,
1: um, but it still
0: annoys me, is when a short film, but the thing with a short film is it's basically one scene from a film. That's the way I kind of look at it. It's that that's, that's all it's to be treated. Don't treat it as a long movie condensed down into two minutes or whatever. It's just Mm. like a short sequence. And then you'll see people going, when's a trailer coming out? And you think, (sighs) well, if I put a trailer out, it's going to be boring because I don't want to show you all the best bits. And it's short anyway. Now I did a trailer for, um, a few projects that I worked on purely because people were asking for them saying, Oh, when can we see some shots? And it was like, okay, well I'll cut together something and you know, you can make it, you know, visually interesting, but for a short film, I would just rather, you know, have a title and, and that's it. I don't need to see a trailer yeah, yeah, for yeah. A, a short film with regards to Kickstarter. Um, um, Andrew Kadikian, who was on here the other week, um, mm-hmm. He's very secretive about what he does with um, his movies. and uh, But it's about finding that balance between being secretive enough for someone to still trust you to say, well, I'll give you some money. I think what would work for you is you've got a number of films that have won contests. You've had films featured on Film Riot, which is you know one of the biggest uh, indie film channels out at the moment so that away straight away gives you authority. So you could easily do a Kickstarter that was, Hey, you know, I'm making this film and I'm not going to tell you anything about the plot, but this is what I'm looking to <laughs> do. You could say that this is what I'm looking to I do. Know.
1: I, th- I think it's more of the fairness that I was looking at. Cause you know, as an investor, I think you'd like to know, or even just as an audience member, you'd like to know to be excited. Um, but I understand completely where you're coming from and that, you know, if that's what happens and that's incredible. Um, I think with the gift, yeah, if with the gift, I might have to. I mean, it's it's the budget so far in my head is quite high, so I think I, I haven't got a choice.
0: Have you got a title for it? Can you tell? Say a title. Can you? Title, it titles,
1: titles, titles are always the last thing I
0: come up with. You know what? Titles are usually the first thing I come up with, or I'm like, really? Sometimes it depends. Like, I can get an idea or a title in my head and think, mm, what could that be about? And oh, then,
1: right, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I used to, I used to have a notepad where I, I just came up with titles and I wrote them down and I could always, like, go in there. When do you know you've got a
0: great title?
1: Usually it's just when it feels right. Like, if I think that word in my head, do I get the visuals of the short or do I get visuals of something else? And I think, you know, things like Pulse and Expiration. Pulse was a difficult one.
0: I'm a fan of one-word titles. I think, you know, like Interstellar, that's a great title. I remember when yeah, when you, when I heard that title, though, I thought, Chris Dolan's doing a sci-fi film, and I honestly, I thought... Sounds like it's going to be like some 60s kind of like space station, like
1: James Bond type thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it does sound like that. But now when you look at it and like on the, the Blu-ray cover or something, it really fits with the tone of the film, I think the word.
0: Definitely. And then like Inception, you know, like, like what's that all yeah. about? It, like the title should question what it is. Like, that's what I He's think. He's
1: great with titles, his films. Yeah. The Prestige. Memento.
0: Memento. I'm still waiting for the title for the new Star Wars movie, and I don't think they've got one. I think that like I think there's about fifty writers in a writers room, and they're just like they're all yeah. pulling them together, <laughs> and Disney are going no, 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 no. By this time, with the Star Wars, what was it called, the Force Awakens? Yeah, yeah, we had the title for that like way by now, and we had also a tiny teaser when it was like that thirty second or a minute long
1: teaser. We had that by now. Do you think with the whole title thing, they're doing? you know, what the originals did. You know, what um, was it the the episode five, episode six when they were filming, but they had a fake title to not, you know, ruin hype?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they uh, originally, uh, Return of the Jedi was called Revenge of the Jedi. And it wasn't until the last minute when George Lucas went, uh, actually, a Jedi is like peaceful. So they wouldn't have, they wouldn't, mm-hmm. revenge isn't in their nature. So they changed it to Return of the Jedi.
1: I'm not a die, die, die hard fan of Star Wars, but I did, you know, I did go see the last one in cinema because I was really excited about that.
0: Is this film that you're working on in the States? Is that
1: set in the night? Is it set in the day? Or It's night, but um, the good thing is it's all indoors in an apartment. Um, and I think with nighttime, it, you can get away with with sharper lighting on, on like background objects. Oh, so right, you don't okay. really need that depth so much. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing with this, um, the thing I was shooting last week was we were out in the forest filming for six hours in freezing cold. But because of the way the weather was, we had the, you know, genuine beams coming from the torches. So it looks very like Spielbergish. ish It was nice. excellent to get that without having to rent a machine. Wow. Okay,
0: so tell me a bit about Playtime and how that came about.
1: Um, so with Playtime, Buddy Cuts were running a competition called the Who's There Challenge. And it was to create a, I believe it was a three minute horror short. And that was the only criteria. So it was excellent to have a a competition that there was that broad and open for the um, filmmaker to just be creative. And I only had one day to plan because we, me and the actress and the actress of the ghost whose house we were filming in, we were already booked there to film a different project, which was going to have the same character and the same location in. So I thought, while we're there, why don't I just film something for this competition? It probably won't get far, but let's just film something and put it in. And so in that 24 hours, I cut together some of the footage that would we'll play on the TV with these sort of, you know, the old static that plays and came up with this routine, which was mainly inspired by Edinburgh Dungeon, which I'd been to a few days earlier, which was very sensory. I'm not sure if you've been, but um, there was one room in the dungeon where you're in this big dining hall like almost like from Game of Thrones and you're strapped down in these chairs and the lights go off and then you just get these white flashes of light that are just milliseconds long each but you see these creatures coming closer and closer towards you and it's really intense so that's what inspired the ending of Playtime where the light bulbs flash and the ghost is getting closer to the camera so I just wanted to create something that wasn't specifically narrative because there isn't much going on in that aspect but it was all sensory so I wanted you to feel like you were the character and all this stuff is going on around you, all the sound effects, the lights flashing, just this sensory overload. And I think, judging on the comments, which a lot of people wish that there were narrative instead of this, but I think that I I did what I tried to achieve.
0: Was it a lot of it practical effects with the lights or was it mostly visual effects?
1: This was probably my least visual effects film that I'd done to that date, which was excellent because of the time as well. But... um. I think one thing that really helped was having the footage on the TV itself so that I didn't have to add that in in post. But all of the lights, thankfully, they were on a dimmer switch. So um, the owner of the house was kind enough to stand there every take and turn the dial really fast so that it would flicker. Most of it, yeah, most of it was shot in camera. There was only a few VFX except for the ghost to just tweak things, get rid of lights, get rid of equipment. And in one shot, put the doll back on the sofa because I stupidly forgot to place it there before we started filming.
0: And you won that contest, didn't you? You won best film.
1: Yeah, that was incredible. We really, um, we were there at the same time. We went down to film again and it was the same weekend that they had announced the finalists. I think there was 10 to 12 that they announced. And I really didn't believe it when we saw the list and, and we were on this. So that was nice to experience that with the actors in the same place. I really didn't expect when we won. We were just sitting down watching a family film at the time. And then um, I heard the email come through. And it was it was really incredible because I hadn't I'd only ever won one competition before then. And that was a really small little festival. I I still haven't actually received the certificate from that. That was 2012. Um, So, yeah, to win something like that from, you know, from Bloody Cuts, who I'm big fans of and always have been since their stuff, since I first saw their stuff. So it was incredible.
0: And for the people who don't know about Bloody Cuts, just give us an idea about what they're all about.
1: Um so Bloody Cuts are a Norfolk-based film group that have amassed millions of views now with their short horror films. Um and I've been a fan since I first found them, which was probably after their second or third. And what they do is, which is really cool, is they usually take genres and then flip them on their head in, in a certain way or, or just have a nice um surprise ending that, that twists it that the audience aren't expecting. So it's basically in a massive short horror films that are online that anyone can see now. So you won the Bloody
0: Cuts Film Challenge. Uh you got Best Film for that. And best director was David Sandberg for Lights Out. And that film got a feature film deal, I think it was Universal, so did things change for you after you won that contest? And how did they change for you?
1: Um, I mean, the biggest change was probably the fact that I now work with Bloody Cuts. Um, I wouldn't say that anything career-wise except for that has a master but I'm really happy doing my shorts because I have so many that I want to do that I was glad to win but not have it. because I wouldn't want to direct a feature film yet because I think I'd crumble. Um, whereas I think that David has, you know, deservedly earned that because he's he's been working for lo- longer than I have. Um, But I think that one of the best things about Lights Out getting that deal was it shows how, you know, anyone can can get there into Hollywood as long as they have a a film that people in Hollywood believe in that they can turn it into a feature. So it's great confirmation that that can happen.
0: In the comments on your videos, a lot of people say, how would you edit? And you surprisingly edit in After Effects.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Why is this and has this always been the case? I know it's unorthodox <laughs> in the editing world, but I just I think it's because I've never had an aim to actually be an editor. So I haven't felt the need to learn the professional programs because I, I don't see me doing this forever. I just think as long as the results are the same, just use what program you are most comfortable with. And for me, it's After Effects. I like having each clip on a separate layer. I think it's easier to, you know, get to that um, specific clip quicker and um add effects quicker i just i think it's so much easier and when i do go into premiere it's very daunting to see you know two tracks
0: editing with after effects what tips have you got for people who want to you know try that way or would you say if you want to be an editor use the right tools or do you think using after effects has an advantage
1: i would say if someone specifically wants to be an editor definitely use the right tools don't use after effects because it would just be a waste of time because that you're never going to be asked to use that you know in a professional environment so um that's what i would say for anyone that's looking to do it for long term so you do a lot of visual effects
0: so does that mean you do everything in post or do you like to do effects practically as well
1: i think it's always best to get some sort of element no matter how small it is um practically in camera and whether that's for example if you're going to do an exterior scene where everything's going to be stripped out and and filled in with vfx it's always best to you know still film from the same um perspective just to get the same angles and see how light's hitting things it's always helpful to see that because then you're getting um real elements and being able to try and replicate them somehow always easier when you can see how um they're affected in real life
0: ryan it's been a
1: pleasure speaking with you today and thank
0: you very much for your time